0: Well, happy Sabbath, everybody. I want to say uh, a thank you to my kids. Um, i just tell you, this idea started out as kind of a children's Sabbath idea um, where we'd have some, you know, the children kind of leading out in the service. The only problem was we couldn't find any other children who were available, so <laughs> they ended up doing um, the majority of the children's things or, or the service. Um, but thank you for doing that. Um, and yes, so maybe next time Jedediah will be giving this, uh, this talk, but for today it's me. Um, I wanted to talk about the greatest. I have a question. Who here wants to be the greatest? Jesus. (laughs) All right. Um, it's kind of a trick question. What if I said? Who here wants to be the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? It's still a trick question, right? <laughs> it's one of those questions that's a little bit hard to know how to answer. Let's see if I... I'll leave that alone. Um, yeah, tell me if this—if uh, anybody recognizes this line. Uh, I am the greatest. Muhammad Ali, okay. I figured that would ring a bell <laughs> with somebody. Uh, round one, I am the greatest anybody ever listened to that i'd never heard of this i knew that muhammad ali had said that i am the greatest um but he actually said it in a in a comedy it's called round one i'm the greatest i don't necessarily recommend you listen to it um it's kind of funny though i always pictured so we grew up in Marion springs michigan muhammad ali lived a mile down the road like we could ride our bikes to his driveway, and we saw him around town. Um, by that time, by the time I knew him, he was pretty old and had some neurologic trouble. So he was a pretty serious person. I kind of pictured this like, I am the greatest. Well, it was a little bit more comical than that. Um, so it was kind of fun for me. I looked it up and listened to it last night. Um, then there's so that's round one, I am the greatest. It's a four to five minute monologue. Round two, I am the double greatest. <laughs> Another four- to five-minute monologue. Um, it's a comedy that he produced in August 1963. Uh, anybody know what Muhammad Ali's name really was? Before? Oh, okay, you all know. I didn't know that. Cassius Clay. So that was a comedy, 1963 by Cassius Clay. Uh, six months later, as he said in that comedy, uh, he went on to be the heavyweight champion of the world. Um, he beat... I didn't write it down. Anyway, he beat the reigning champion as he had rec- as he had said he would. He also announced his conversion to Islam and changed his name to Muhammad Ali. One line from round two: "I am the double greatest. My only weakness is that I don't know how great I am." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, you know we can laugh about that. Um, It kind of illustrates, I think, in in a little bit of a comical form, uh, uh, what maybe we could call is an epidemic in our world. You know, I I would say that in all of us, there is a desire for greatness. Now, exactly what that desire takes form of uh, in our lives is probably a little bit different. I know I remember growing up. And and I didn't really want to be really, I don't know, important or great, maybe. Um, I just wanted everybody to know who I was. <laughs> and I wanted them to know who I was for something good, not something bad, like not a mugshot. Um, you know, I, I think it just kind of it, it takes its own form in our different lives, like this desire to be preeminent um, this desire to be great. Um, so maybe I'll stop here and just uh, ask another question. What is greatness? What how would you define now? There's lots of different ways to define this. We're here in church. Um, how would you define greatness? What is greatness? Why is that the great sin of the kingdom of heaven, which granted you, John Gob. Hmm. Okay, that's one thing Jesus said. So the least in the kingdom of heaven is still very great because John the Baptist was the greatest prophet that ever lived. Something else Jesus said. Okay, thank you, Catherine. And the greatest among you will be the servant. Anybody else? Or it's just going to be Catherine answering today. It's her birthday coming. Yeah, Crystal. Does a lot of good in the world more than you would think one person can do. Mm-hmm. I don't know, it's just what comes to my head. Yeah. Right. No, we're just sharing our thoughts. Thank you. I mean there's no right or wrong answer to this. You could you could answer this question a hundred different ways. So Crystal says somebody who did a lot of good in the world, they have they have been a benefit to others. That is great. Yes, Alicia. The goat? Oh, can you tell me about the goat? Yeah. Great, yeah. Great of all, greatest of all time. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So, like, there's a- oh, you're the goat. I'm oh, the goat. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that. So you learn all kinds of things in church. Uh, the goat. Thank you. So the greatest of all time. You broke a record. You scored the most baskets, you got the most titles, completed the most passes. You're the goat. Yes, dad. Okay. Great humility, the one who is humble. Yes. Thank you, Catherine. I'm not going to have any verses left after you're done. Uh Yes, glad. You can consider his life greater than that of the living Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He will give the, oh. the past of things he's life? No, yeah. oh, I love that. I mean, that's a tangible illustration of, I think, what that's saying, humility. Well, but no, it's a good example, though. It, it puts a picture with it. I love that. The clock of what we see Yes, thank you, Clyde. Yes, Linda. These is love. Okay. All right. I think we can have the benediction. That was very good and inspiring. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> um, thank you, Linda. Absolutely. The greatest of these is love. Um, I'm going to go back to what Clyde said. You know, uh, Moses did, as far as I understand it, this always gave Shalina a chuckle. I mean, probably both of us, but it was her first. She thought it was really funny that Moses wrote that he was the meekest man on earth. <laughs> um, but I think he could do that because meekness wasn't really something that was great. It wasn't really something that people wanted, Um that was probably considered more like a weakness, like meekness is weakness, um, not not like the goat. Um, but in our day, especially since Jesus came to educate us, um, we see it a little bit differently, at least uh, when we're talking in church. So I did want to read uh, a story here in Mark chapter 9, verses 30 to 35. Okay, Mark chapter 9, starting in verse 30. It's talking about Jesus and his disciples. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were because he was teaching his disciples. He said to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. They came to Capernaum. When he was in the house, he asked them, What were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet, because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone wh- who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. You know, I think this is a fairly common story. I think this story happens several times in different ways. Um, it seems like being great was definitely on the disciples' mind. They wanted to be the greatest. They felt like the kingdom was being established. Jesus was rising to power. And they wanted to make sure that they were going to be part of that. <laughs> and not just just not just not a part. They wanted to be the highest part. You probably remember they uh, had different angles they took on playing this power. But um, James and John even got their mom involved um I've, I've often thought about my mom because she's you know the mom of james and john and you know um yeah hey hey mom can you uh <laughs> you help, help us out here so we can make sure we're the greatest uh so they were you know so jesus was teaching his disciples i thought that was interesting he was he was teaching his disciples now this wasn't really a public time um his his you know, his mission, the time on earth that he would have was upon him. Um, it wasn't a long time that he had. So he was talking to his disciples. Uh, he wasn't really talking to the masses. And then he told them the truth, that he was going to die. And the disciples did not understand this, did they? This this was like a foreign language. They were setting up the kingdom. Jesus had proclaimed the kingdom of heaven far and wide. Uh, they had gone out and preached the kingdom of heaven and healed diseases as evidence that the kingdom of heaven was coming. And so they were excited about the kingdom coming. And they wanted to be the first. (laughs) They wanted to be the highest in this kingdom that was coming. When Jesus talked about dying, he said it very explicitly. He said, they will kill me and in three days I will rise. The disciples did not understand it because they did not want to understand this. It did not fit in their picture of greatness, which Jesus brought to give them. And so it fell on deaf ears, um, even though he was clearly explaining the future. Um, So they didn't understand it. They kind of left it there, and they didn't ask any questions because they didn't want to understand it. (laughs) This was something that they uh, just wanted to leave alone. So they continued on one of their more favorite subjects, which was really about who was the greatest. I'm curious how those conversations went, but uh, we know they went on and on, Um, seemed to be one of their favorite uh, items for conversation uh, when they were not immediately in the presence of Jesus. So then, but you know, Jesus, he's focusing on his disciples. His time is short. He's going to die. So he calls his disciples out on it this time. You know, this was not brought to him. He brings this to the disciples and he says, okay, okay. Peter, James, and John, what were you arguing about on the way? What was that What was that stirring conversation you had while we were walking? What were you arguing about on the road? And once again, they were quiet. This was not something, I mean, they loved to talk to each other about this, and apparently mom and dad <laughs> at times, um, they didn't really want to talk to Jesus about this. They had spent enough time with him to realize that even though they would all see him as the clear leader of this new kingdom, uh, they weren't sure that he would approve of their arguments. So maybe their methods for ascending the ranks were contrary to Jesus, but they still wanted to be the greatest and next to him when the kingdom was established. So this quietness just kind of fell on them. He asked them a question. And they kept quiet. Then sitting down, um, he said, you know what? It's time to learn another lesson again. Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. These were um, thoughts that I think you all brought out when we were talking about greatness. This is a, I'm going to argue, um, distinctly Christian view of greatness. Um, what we get from our society, at least, is not this. Um, that if you want to be the first, you must be the last. And if you want to be the greatest, you must be the servant of all. I wanted to flip over to our our scripture for today from Matthew 18, 1 through 5. Probably, um, I would think, probably the same event maybe recorded a little bit differently because there's a lot of similar elements. Um, I wanted to point out one one line here, but maybe I'll ask one more question. What is true greatness? I think we actually covered that. You all went straight to the point. Um, True greatness, meekness, humility, being lowly. Uh, But I have a follow-up question. Is that different in heaven than it is on earth? Is true greatness different in heaven than it is on earth? I see heads shaking. supposed to be the same. Yeah, no. the kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Yeah, Linda. We must be saints here on earth if we are going to be saints in heaven. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. That's right. This is where the kingdom of heaven begins. You know, it's kind of funny because the disciples were arguing about who was the greatest in the kingdom of heaven because they thought it had not come yet, but the kingdom of heaven had already come. The king was here. (laughs) The kingdom had started, and they were already becoming some of the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. But they had a different idea of what that looked like. They hadn't learned all of their lessons yet. So going back to Matthew chapter 18. So it sounds like we would agree greatness, true greatness in heaven is the same as true greatness on earth, which Jesus has already said, be to be the lowest the last, the most lowly, the most childlike. Um, So Matthew chapter 18, verse 1. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to them and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child Is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven and whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me you know okay so next question who who's the greatest in the kingdom of heaven it's not a trick question in the kingdom of heaven who is the greatest our king thank you alicia I always grew up thinking it was one of those little children. <laughs> They're probably second greatest. The king is the greatest, right? The greatest in the kingdom of heaven of heaven is the king, and Jesus is here describing the king right. How is the king? The king is lowly the king is childlike. The king is, we can add a few more words, right? He's beautiful. He's innocent. He is a trusting. He's pure. You know, I think, I don't know your picture of the king. There's lots of different ways we can picture kings. Um, many of those pictures model an earthly uh, an earthly model, right? An earthly form of, of kingship. Of course, there were probably some good kings. <laughs> They're more famous for being bad than good um but but when we talk about the King of the Kingdom of heaven, I think we have to think through it a little bit differently. right The king in this kingdom is like a child; he said it himself, the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. will take this lowly position of a child when I grew up and and again no no um fault of my family or church we just get these ideas growing up right um when i grew up i kind of pictured you know the 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 king is you know strong and powerful and glorious i don't think those are wrong descriptors of god but i don't know that th- they, there might be a little danger there that they may overshadow who he really is that god at his very heart and core is childlike. I don't know if that sounds like blasphemy to anybody, but (laughs) there's probably some who would think that, that being childlike is too simple for God, that it's too limiting. Um, And of course, God is omniscient. He knows everything. He's omnipotent. We know that. Um, But I would say we even know those values and those powers and those qualities of God because of sin, right? Sin has unmasked that God can do everything without fault and that he does everything right. But before sin, I would suggest in a perfect world, God was probably more, just probably came across more like a child. Somebody who is full of joy, innocent, loved making other people happy and seeing them laugh. You know, all those beautiful qualities of children um, in their purest sense is our God. That's who he is. He is the king. He's the greatest. In the kingdom of heaven. So you guys already answered all my other questions. What is true greatness? Catherine read it. Um, Linda said it. No, these three abide: faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Um, and God is love. That's God. Um, and so I think as we uh, as we seek to be great Christians it's a little bit of a different journey uh and we've talked about many times about how great leaders in the past had to unlearn things that they learned growing up i think it's the same for us in in the in the in the pathway to greatness which i think we all could in a pure sense desire it is a pathway to loving god in the purest and most childlike form possible trusting god implicitly when life makes sense and when it doesn't uh sharing what we have with others and really growing up into great love because this kingdom is different you know i, I often wonder like um what's having gonna look like i mean a lot of our pictures are are modeled around, you know, the way things look like on earth. I mean, God will be worshipped. He will be lifted up. Uh, it's probably because his creation would have it no other way, right? Because otherwise, God would probably just be, you know, there playing with the children. That's who he is in his core. Um, I'll say that that has become more and more of a, a beautiful picture to me because i think most of you knew shalina shalina loved children right children were her thing i I have a video of her standing right here a year and a half ago saying i always wanted to be a mommy yeah <laughs> that's what she always wanted because she loved the children she she understood that part of the kingdom of heaven Right, the simplicity, the lack of pride and pretense, uh, and she understood children. I mean, she just had a gift for that. I didn't. <laughs> I was the baby of the family. Um, I kind of looked at all those, you know, little things running around making noise as competition. You know, they're just trying to get everybody else's attention. It's supposed to be on me. You know, like I'm supposed to have all the attention. Um, she understand the. She understood the the beauty of children the beauty of this kingdom of heaven, this is the kingdom. God is the king and the greatest. But it's not not what he would seek for himself. What God seeks is the good of his creation. He seeks to love us. He seeks to give us the greatest gift that he could give, and that is a life free from selfishness. So, do we want to be great? I'll leave that up to you how you want to answer that question. (laughs) Could answer it either way, um, but in our daily lives, let's choose and pursue humility. That is countercultural. I remember I was when I was in residency, we were coming up with values for our residency. Um, I suggested humility as a value. Um, it was rejected. <laughs> I was outvoted. Um, I remember not long ago in the leadership for our residency, just circles that I mingle in, um, I suggested it again. Uh, There was another 30-minute conversation, and I'm happy to say it was accepted, but not without a lengthy discussion. Let's pursue humility. That's our God. He has the beauty of a child. Um, Let's pursue innocence. Let's be kind and gentle. That's the way children are let's accept each other with our faults and seek together to move towards this kingdom that god has given us and painted for us let's be loving let's be have that childlike simplicity because that is what will lead us towards eternal greatness why don't we say a prayer dear lord we thank you that you are the greatest that you are the king um, of this kingdom, the the God of the gentle, the kingdom of the kids. Um, we thank you for how low you've stooped to reach down and help us to see that all of what we think is great, all of our force and power and authority uh, is really just weakness, and that in your love and in your humility, we can be truly great. In your name we pray, amen. Gracias. Okay. Okay.